Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to another edition of Let's Get Fiscal, and it is the Tight Ass Tuesday edition, which means we are saving you money. Gemma, hello. How are you, Damien? I'm very, very well. Always keen to save some money. Always. And today, it's all about super. Yes, it's an interesting time for super. We obviously just had the last financial year, and uh, didn't finish very well for most super funds. Uh, so we'll have a quick chat about that. But then we'll also look at what you can do to make sure, even if the stock market doesn't go our way this year, how you're not losing extra money on the side to fees or paying too much for insurance, etc. So making sure you do get the best deal no matter what happens in the market. All right. Now, super can make some people really bored and go... <sighs> You really should tune into this because this is a really quick and easy way to save self some money and get set up for the future. That's right. So we've got a special guest with us today. One of our um, favourite friends of the pod we've had before, um, who instantly had the most popular episode to date. You might want to hang on to that title or see if you can uh, outdo yourself. We were joined by Chris Breike from Stock Spot. Chris, thanks for being with us again. Thanks for having me back. Uh, let's talk very briefly, very briefly, about what happened uh, last year, because uh, I've got the numbers here in front of me for uh, various uh, asset class returns, and it was a, a pretty miserable finish to the financial year. It was, particularly this this first half of 2022. So we've seen share markets around the world take a bit of a dive. Um, People are worried about inflation and the impact of interest rates going up on households, on company profitability, and the bond market's also taken a dive. And it's a bit unusual when shares and bonds both fall together. But as a result, a lot of our super funds in Australia that have shares and bonds as two of the biggest asset classes uh, are going to see negative returns. So we're likely to see somewhere between minus 5 to minus 10% a lot of those growth default funds out there. Uh, So if you look at your super and you see that it went down over the last year, you shouldn't necessarily think, oh, I'm in a bad fund, I I need to swap because across the board it was a negative performance. Yeah, that's absolutely right. It's very normal for markets to have a down year every six or seven years. Um, Most super funds actually publish that on their own websites that you need to expect markets go up and down. Um, We've actually had a much longer period of of extended uh, positive returns since the financial crisis. So it was only a matter of of time. You know, I think, um, you know, people do get worried and wonder whether they should change strategies. But actually, if you're in the right strategy for your your time horizon to retirement, there's really nothing for most people to do. Um, Although we're going to be talking, I'm sure, soon about fees and other areas that are worth focusing on. Yeah, well, and and it's important to remember too that when you're talking about super, you're in it for the long haul. So people who are still in their 30s now, you still have a long time to let that boil over and whatever. And... uh, that super contribution is going to start going up over the next few years. Well, that's right. You should, If you're young, you should think of it like a sale. Like when you see a sale at your favourite store of 10 or 20% off, you don't run in the other direction. You run towards a sale. And right now for long-term investors who are you know, people in their 30s and even 40s in super, you know, there's a long time till you retire. So you're really buying all of your shares on sale at the moment every time your employer puts in some super contributions. Love a sale. So <laughs> if you look at your super fund and see that in the year to June, your super fund was say, say down around around 4%, which I think was about average for a balanced fund. Um, 
you can't tell from that whether you're getting a good deal or not for your super, whether the super fund you're in is good value. How can somebody look at their super fund right now and tell whether they're in a super fund that's right for them and also one that they're not getting ripped off by? So there's two things there. First of all, finding one that's right for your um, circumstances mainly is around finding a fund with the right mix of investments for your age and how long you have till to retirement. So typically someone that's um, in their 20s or 30s or even 40s should be in a higher growth option where there's the opportunity for higher returns over the long run. Those um, funds do see bigger falls in down years like now, um, but that's totally fine. But having a bigger allocation to assets like shares in your in your super and, and property are, are good investments for very long-term horizons. Um, on the flip side, if you're getting much closer to retirement and maybe are at retirement already in your 60s or 70s, that's when it makes sense for a lot of people to dial down some of the risk. So not have as much shares in your super and have more um, cash and, and other safer investments. Uh, I know I'd never ever dream about being in a self-managed super fund but within my super fund you can go in and obviously change it around you can play with your mixes uh and so i think i've got like a 30 10 10 5 5 split <laughs> like it's a it's really mixed up um it's, it's not a good strategy like to mix things up or should you really be going for you know all in I mean, people do like to have some say in where their soup is allocated. So I think there's a lot more people these days that are trying to have a bit of a go. Um, what some of the um, statistics showed after um, the COVID market fall was that a lot of people, when the market fell, they actually made the mistake of moving those percentages that you described to 100% cash because they were worried the, worst, the world was going to get worse, um, You know that, that COVID was going to cause a big global recession that was going to last 10 years. You know, Unfortunately, um, it's very hard to predict the future with markets. And often when the news flow is at the worst, that's actually the best time to be buying. And so I think if you've selected the allocations and they're right for your age, that's fine, but don't be tempted to change them. Um, if you see a bad news headline or if someone tells you that the market's going to fall, because that actually will do more harm than good. Right. So step one is to make sure you've got the right allocations for your age and the place you are in your life. So if you're younger, you uh, you have more leeway to allocate towards more risky things, for example, international and local equities. Uh, if you're getting towards the end of your working career, you might want to look at uh, less risky things, for example, cash or bonds. Uh, now, we've done that. Step two, let's talk about how knowing that you're in a fund that is not going to rip you off. Well, so in most areas of our life, the more you pay, the better the product you get. So, you know, if you go and buy a, you know, a dress or a handbag, like higher price usually means better quality. Super is one of these weird areas in life where paying more doesn't give you better results. And, and we do this research every year called the Fat Cat Funds Report that actually shows this, that funds that have charged higher fees actually give you worse returns. So it's completely counterintuitive because you think you're getting more when you pay more, you actually get a lot less. Because very simply, those fees just get taken out of your overall return, correct? Exactly. The more you pay in fees, the more you're paying to your fund manager or your super fund and all those executives that are paying themselves millions of dollars a year. And that's money that's coming out of your retirement. So you want to find a fund that isn't paying all of those exorbitant fees um, because every dollar you save goes into your retirement rather than theirs. It's, it's very simple. And it's important not to equate quality with quantity of fees when you come to pay them. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I'm always concerned when I see the big advertising campaigns that some of these big super funds do at sports stadiums, for instance, because I know all of that money has to come from somewhere and it comes from my pocket and the pocket of other members. So I'm always cautious when I see big advertising campaigns at, at sports stadiums and on you know the jerseys of my favourite team, because that is money that's coming out of your retirement. 
Um, so a fund that's, um, you know, a little bit measly with their money is probably good for you because that's going to give you better compound returns. And our research certainly supports that. So lower fee funds tend to do better than higher fee funds. So how does someone find it? We're not going to go into every single website of every single super fund and check ourselves. What, what tools are there available? There's a few now. So um, some great news over the last year is that the, um, the government has now stepped in and they publish what they call the heat map every year. And at the moment, it's only for default funds, which are the big ones that a lot of employees employers choose. There's about 80 or so in Australia, but they've really listed what are the best and worst out of that group. And they've actually forced the worst to send letters to their members explaining that they're a bad fund. Um, but that only captures about 80 funds. In our business, we've tried to cover the rest of the universe and there are hundreds out there. So we covered about 600 different smaller funds last wow. year. Thank and you. <laughs> yeah, it takes a lot of work. And I mean, we've been pushing the government to make that data just available somewhere for everyone to look at because we have to hire a team of people to go and get collate that data from all of the websites every year. Do you find that there's a big variation in the fees being charged? It's huge. And, and often people aren't aware that there's different layers of fees because you're paying an administration fee, potentially advice advisor fees, investment fees, performance fees, and, and they really add up. And, and you know, I think everyone's focused on saving at the moment because interest rates are going up and, and they're seeing petrol prices go up. But I don't think a lot of people appreciate that if you can save one or one and a half percent a year in your super fees, just for a 30-year-old, that's going to mean $200,000 before you're retired. So that's like 20 world you know, around the world trips in business class, it's a lot of money. And it's one of those things too, where you don't get a statement really of what fees are coming out unless you, I know for me, unless you go in and log in and have a look, you don't know what you're paying. And even, I mean, even if you do, Damien, like I, I, I'm in the industry and I download my statement, I have no idea what they're talking about because they really hide the fees that you're paying and it's very hard to find. So, you know, I've emailed funds because there's also, um, you know, quite soft disclosure requirements around um, some types of fees that you never know about because they're internal fees that um, their own um, asset managers are, are, are charging. So, Sadly, um, fee disclosure is still pretty poor in super. So until the government uh, does more about doing this, we can go to your website, uh, stockspot.com.au, and find the fat cat list there and look there for the fees. Yeah, so we list in each of those um, uh, risk buckets. So by that, I mean the growth funds versus the balanced versus the conservatives. We've tried to find each year what are the 10 best performing funds um, over the last five years because we think it's important to look at a longer time horizon. And what are the fat cats, the worst 10 performing funds, you know, which we're always prepared to name and shame. And that's something, you know, a lot of other comparison websites shy away from because they're worried about the ramifications. We think it's incredibly important that consumers know what are the worst funds as well. Um, because that's going to drive that positive change of switching and considering looking at better options. So it's now late July. Uh, when can we expect the, the next set of the, this fund data to come out? So the super funds are also quite varied in when they publish their super returns. So some of them have already come out with returns a few days into the next financial year and in early to mid-July. Some wait till mid to late August. So for our research, we have to wait generally to late August to actually get all the data from the websites. And we're often emailing and pushing funds, hey, what are you doing? You're, you're taking a long time. We're waiting for the data um, so that we can actually publish the report. So we typically put out our Fat Cat report late August or early September once we have all the, all the numbers. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. 
chapters. All right, the next one is something that I think news obviously harps on about a lot is having several funds. Having, you know, moving from job to job, sometimes you have to, you had to go with the fund that um, was part of that uh, employer. That's not so much the case anymore, but a lot of people still have a lot of accounts and a lot of super that's sitting there. Yeah, that's right. So the government um, recently, in the last few years, has actually put out a few new policies that's going to try and curb this problem because what they discovered is that there are literally hundreds of thousands of extra accounts um, sitting out there that are doubling and tripling up because when people, like you say, start a new job, they're getting a second and third and fourth super account. Um, the problem with this is every time you have a new super account, there's more admin fees that you have to pay and there might be more opt-in insurance and other costs. And um, if you have four different super funds and four different insurance policies, sadly, if you die, you only get paid out once still. So you don't get the benefit of the four policies. Um, and so it's really important that you um, you know, aren't paying these extra fees across different funds. Like the good news is now there's this concept of stapling, which means that when you move employers, your super fund will move with you. But like you say, there are still lots of people out there with multiple funds. You know, the way to actually check this that's quite easy these days is log on to the MyGov website, which I know a lot of people use for Medicare or Centrelink or ATO. And on the ATO part of, of MyGov, you actually can see all of your super funds. And if you have several super funds, it might be worth working out which one do you want to keep and going to that fund who will help you consolidate all of the others. Great. So log on to MyGov, check how many you have, and then go to the one that you want to stay with and say, I've got, for example, three other super funds that are open. Please consolidate them all into this one and they'll do it for you. That's right. They're usually pretty good at helping to, to, to pull it all together. And there's a process that they go through. By law, funds have a certain amount of time to actually agree to send the money over. So you should see it in the, in the next month or so. Because I know back in the day, it was a real pain and there was a lot of paperwork and a lot of notarising and trying to get all your different documents together. Luckily, now that's changed. It's a bit easier. I I would say that there are funds still out there that seem to put a bit more friction up than they need to. They they don't want to lose members and they seem to, and I've uh, made made a few switches over the years, there was a lot of ID required and a lot of verification that seems a bit outdated. Um, but, it, you know, there is some sort of validity to that as well because when COVID struck and there was the super early release, which was when people could get some of their super out early, there was actually quite a lot of fraud where people were stealing other people's super. So the funds are a little bit reluctant just to send your super somewhere unless they can really know that it's you that's been asking. Let's talk insurance. That's somewhere else that people have whittled away a lot of money on necessarily. Yeah, this is another area of super where there was a lot of controversy over the last few years between, you know, government and other stakeholders. You know, one of the concerns was that a lot of younger people in Australia, people that are under 30, were paying big insurance premiums in super that they didn't really need to and that was subsidizing the older people who are actually the higher risk. And so it was basically the younger generation paying for the older generation. And so the government as well has made a few changes here where um, opt-in super and opt-out super, which is the concept of you know whether you defaulted into something or not, is now different for under 25-year-olds. And so if you're under 25, um, you can't be opted into a insurance product and you actually have to make that choice. And the idea there is if you're under 25, generally – you know, you won't already have uh, things like a mortgage where you have a big liability that you'd need to pay if you died and, and other costs like you know, childcare fees or um, university fees or, um, you know, private school fees. And so you don't really um, necessarily need insurance or life insurance at that point in your life. And typically what you see is people once they're in their 30s or 40s and have kids and mortgages and other sorts of expenses, that's where life insurance might be more appropriate. 
Let's talk uh, about another idea you had, concessional contributions. And this will only apply to a few people, um, but worth knowing about. Yeah, so um, for anyone that's employed, their employer obviously makes contribution to super every year and that's um, that amount is increasing every year. So it's increased from 10 to 10.5% and to 11% and it's going up over the next few years. Um, that's just a mandatory contribution that's been around for a while. There's also the option to tip in a little bit more to super if you want. So um, uh, every year there's a certain amount that you're allowed to tip in as a, it's called a concessional contribution, which means that it's a, a tax benefited contribution. Um, which um, if you have the capacity, and, and a lot of people I appreciate don't, and they need that money for their mortgage and their you know, living expenses. Petrol. Their petrol. So I, I would imagine there's yeah. probably yeah, more people spending on lettuces than concessional <laughs> yes. contributions this year. But if you can, it's a good thing to do. And particularly, um, you know, one of the options that I think people aren't aware of, of um, you know, if your partner is not working for a period, they might be off having a baby or something like that. Um, if their income is quite low, and I believe it's currently the threshold is around $37,000, if they're earning less than that in a year, you can actually make a spousal contribution as well, which helps their super. So um, yeah, you can help your partner as well. Uh, Chris, I love the idea of fat cat. Let's just go back to that quickly. Um, we are not afraid to name and shame here because we do not believe that people should be paying any more than they need to. We understand the new report will be coming out in one to two months, but what have we seen in the last couple of reports? Who 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 listening to this should be really sitting up and taking notice if they're with one of these super funds? Well, we've done nine of these reports now, Gemma. So we've, you know, we've, we started many years ago and the one positive thing we've seen is some of these funds that consistently get named with the most fat cat funds have now shut down. Oh, wow. Um, Great. Or actually sold their businesses. So there were um, three large financial organisations in Australia who had, um, you know, the lion's share of these fat cat funds who have gone through significant business change now and either sold their businesses or got out of super. Um, which I think is a big win for, the, a huge for win. the punters out there. Well, it's because a huge win for you, but it's a huge win for everyone else who's <laughs> now got a more more enjoyable retirement to look forward yeah, to. Yeah, that's right. And I heard, and I, I'm not sure if this is true, that there were high-level board discussions where our Fat Cat report got mentioned in some of these organisations. <laughs> and they actually said, we can't afford to have this bad publicity, so we need to do something about this fund. So, look, I, I think Super is one of those areas, sadly, because of the lack of information people had and, and the lack of understanding that we were getting ripped off for way too long. Yeah. Um, and it's such an enormous industry where we're paying $30 billion a year in fees. Um, you know, there were a lot of people sponging off people's naivety, um, but that's really changing. And I think that's a, a positive thing. And, and hopefully there'll be fewer and fewer of these fat cats. Right. So let's do a summary for everyone. Um, one, check the fees that you're paying. There's a comparison on the StockSpot website. Uh, number two, check you don't have multiple accounts open. Uh, that You can check that on the MyGov website or the MyGov app if you use that. Thirdly, check how much insurance you're pain and whether that's appropriate for your stage in life. If you're younger, you don't have many obligations or a family to support or a mortgage to pay, you probably don't need to be paying uh, very much life insurance. Uh, and four, check if concessional contributions are something you want to and can possibly do. I think that sums it up pretty well. Yeah, there are four ways people can save money. And, and yeah, they're probably not things that are front of mind because you are trying to save on your groceries and your petrol and your electricity. Um, but I think if, if you put it into context, you might be able to save $200 on your um, on your petrol in a year, maybe if you're using coupons, or you might be able to save a little bit on electricity if you switch. But $200,000 a year is what, or $200,000 in total is what you can save if you make a super fun switch. Like that can be life-changing in your retirement. And that's why for a lot of young people, it's something that you really should focus on. That's what I mean. It's like small things now, but you know, interest in over years, that's going to grow and grow and grow. Well, it's a compounding effect. And so people, you learn at school about the compounding of, of 
you know, compound interest, but fees are the same. Fees compound and, and eat your returns over the long run. And sadly, the, you know, I don't think people appreciate that if you just pay an extra 2% in fees over your lifetime, 75% of what you could have earned actually goes to fund managers rather than you. And, and so this is why our super industry and our funds management industry is so large in Australia, because a small fee compounded over a long amount of time is basically a transfer of wealth from you to the people managing your money. Well, stay tuned, everyone. We're going to bring you on 7 News and probably this podcast as well, that the new Fat Cats for 2022 in a month or two when that comes out because uh, we want to make sure none of you are paying more than you should and having a less bountiful retirement than you deserve. That's the whole point of Tight Ass Tuesday, trying to save money. <laughs> All right, Chris, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, guys. 